What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Jason Craig, a.k.a. the Friendly Neighborhood Dreadhead. And I got a returning guest today with me, Mr. Robbie Abear. What's up, dog? Going well, going well, man. Things cool. You know, I can't complain. You know, just get into this money. You know, I'm really excited to um for this next episode of, um, of our our podcast so well your podcast <laughs> right. nah man you know you know you've been here twice you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be reoccurring we need to think of a name we'll think about that later for this <laughs> for, for this segment but today right. y'all as you heard we got some things to review today today me and robbie are reviewing the movie dune was it good was it too long is it better than the 1984 one we're gonna learn all that today then we also going to talk about Mr. Spider-Man, Mr. Young Spider-Man, aka Tom Holland, and his in his trailer for his upcoming movie, Uncharted, based off the popular video game franchise. Now it's being made by Sony, so is that gonna be good enough? Can Sony make a good video game movie? We're gonna talk about it. And then what else are we gonna talk about, man? Let's see what we got. We gotta talk about the Cowboy Bebop live action, the lost session trailer. Oh, yeah. um, presentation or presentation, whatever the hell you want to call that. Uh, we got we got to talk about Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, and we do need to talk about one particular thing. But I think we can we can save that for a little later. I mean, it's a whole different type of issue that we got to discuss. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, we're gonna just get on with the Dune review. Hopefully, right. y'all stick around for us. For we're gonna try to keep this. Shorter, we're gonna probably keep this at least around an hour 30. Keep keep a little short for y'all so y'all can get up out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all, let's talk about this. Mm. Now, the movie Dune, it has been tried, I think, three different times. Once with a movie in the 80s. I think they tried a TV show. Yes. And they did a video game. I never played the video game, so I don't know if that was successful. So this right here, I can say. It is better than all of those other adaptations that we got. And believe it or not, Doom, it started, well, it's been ripped off by, well, no, I say ripped off. It has been, it has influenced plenty of products such as Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Star Wars. I would say Lord of the Rings, but I think those two came out around, around the same time, maybe. Yes, I, I think so. So, yeah, so Star Wars, Game of Thrones, you can see the Dune influence heavy. But this movie, y'all, I will warn y'all now, this is an hour and 35-minute movie. And I will say this. Uh, no, 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 Jason, correction. Two hours. Oh, yeah, two hours. 35 minutes. My fault. I don't know why I said an hour. But, yeah, two hours and 35 minutes. And if you do not have a long attention span, this movie is not for you. It is long. Mm-hmm. It, it is long and in certain parts you can feel the length now for me i enjoy the movie through and through just because dune it is such an expansive world with a lot of sand <laughs> <laughs> with a lot with a lot of, with a lot of sand so a backstory of this movie is you are following a young, what's his name? I forgot his name. Paul. Paul f- Atreus. Yeah, yeah. You are following the heir to the house to this house of Atreides, Paul, and I must say, y'all, he is he's bland. 
He is bland. He is basically he is basically Luke Skywalker in the New Hope. He is bland, has no charisma whatsoever. So for me, Paul dragged this movie down a little bit just for me. How you feel about Paul, Robbie? Well, yeah, he was he he did come off a little flat in the beginning, but the what and we'll talk about this a little later later in the show, but but the way he's the way he's written in this film is that he start the reason why he starts off so slow is because the film itself is is really it's not the complete story so it really is it's about how it's really about his journey and how he got to you know you know to the point where the main story begins without spoiling anything but i mean he he did he was a bit dry <laughs> I mean, when I saw like sometimes he just looked like that he was just completely lost in every in almost every in almost every every other scene. You're probably too busy looking at that sand. <laughs> <laughs> like Anakin, it's everywhere. <laughs> Man, y'all, this yeah, like if you were looking for a charismatic MC, you're not gonna get it here. Well, at least not in this part. Right. Because this movie is split into two parts. Hopefully it does well to get a part two. But one thing I did like, I did like the world that they built for us. It's a cool world. It's a really cool world. And I do like how they give us exposition on the backstory of what happened on the, on the, um, on the, on the world we're, we're focusing on. What's it called? Um, um, it starts with the A. I know that. I know. Chorus? Is it a chorus? I don't think it's a chorus. Hold on. I wanted, man, what is, what is that? Yeah, the, name? the, the names are very, the, all the names, most of the names, um, some of them are very simple, but then like, you know, the spice and the. Um, yeah, we're going to get to all the spice, all the spice and stuff that you need. But man, what is the, this is just. Yeah, we got to, we got to um, know this. I mean, we're doing this whole review thing it's uh hold up, hold up, hold up. arrakis that's what's called yeah. arrakis so this movie takes place on arrakis and arrakis is nothing but sand and giant ass worms but i will say this though the set pieces around arrakis when they get to civilization it is really nice like the set design is really nice I think that the that it shot pretty like it shot it's shot well. I feel like Easy. it's it shot really well. Like my girlfriend, she did not like like the like the dull colors, but I liked it because it blended in with um Arrakis. Arrakis is dull. It is sand, it's sand and rocks. So so but yeah, I mean I think it shot really well. Some of the characters work like Jason Momoa's character as um, was Duke Duncan. Uh, Duncan. Oh, Duncan. Jason Momoa's character as Duncan. He held my interest for every scene that he was in because he is charismatic. Mm-hmm. The opposite of the of our main character, Paul. But he's charismatic and the whole cast does a really good job. They got a star studded cast. They got Oscar Isaac. They got Josh Brolin, aka Thanos. Dan, aka Thanos. Mm. They have Jason Momoa. They have 
I would say they have Zendaya. But also, before I before I, I'm leave, Zendaya, if you are a Zendaya fan, don't expect to be in this movie that much. <laughs> if you are a Dave Batista fan, don't expect expect to see him that much either. Which they do, my boy Dave, so dirty in these big movies. <laughs> like they, they do my boy Dave Batista is bad in these movies and he's actually a really good actor but yeah though, though like there's a few characters that I can feel that they're saving for a part two if they're able to make it but I really do wish characters like Zendaya and Batista were fleshed out just a little bit more because Batista was just a bland generic villain and I'm pretty sure he will get he will get his shine in the second movie, but it just the story wasn't hidden from me that much because it was focusing more on the world building. But I loved the world they were building because we learn about the Baron. We learn about this resource that everybody's going after called spice. We learn about three. We learn about um, the House of Atreides, kind of. We we find out about how Paul is going to be important um, from moving forward. We learn about the Freeman, the Freemans who are basically being, who are basically being oppressed by everybody. Yeah. They're slaves. They're slaves. Um, well, I think they're a little bit more than slaves. They seem to be more like like re- like re- rebels, like the resi- like the resistance. If y'all need, yeah. if y'all need a comparison to a franchise, you know, think of them as the Tuscan Raiders in Star Wars. That's basically what they are. They actually have, except you can understand what what the hell they're saying. Yeah, you can understand what they're saying, and they're more, they're actually more in depth than the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. But I do like, I'd like the idea of the spice and how important the spice is. Because it it's interesting what these other civilizations do with it. Everybody like like the House of Atreides and the Harkonians are quote unquote bad guys of the movie. They use it as it's basically like a resource, like how it is how oil is for us. They use it for for what for profit value, but the the Fremens they use it as basic like they use it as a like basically they use it spiritually like they use it as a hallucinogen but i think they use that to have i guess a spiritual awakening and it makes their eyes blue even though i did see some of the cgi falter on on the on the blue eyes i don't know why it could have been better but that but that's nitpicking yeah but I do like the like the idea of the spice and the importance of it. And you see how far people are willing to go for the spice. They almost risk their life because they think that they can get this spice before something bad happens. <laughs> but I like that. Another thing I liked, I do like there is this power in the Dune universe called the voice. It's really cool how they use it. I wish I would have learned more, but but it's really cool how they use the voice. Like it's it's a dope power, even though it's I can tell that George Lucas used the he used this to influence his um the force in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's like 
that was really cool on how people use the voice and who can use the voice. And I hope they expand on that. And then you learn about Paul's, I think it's her mother, right? His mother. Yeah, her right? mother, her name is Lady Jessica, and she's a member of um this of um what they call the sisterhood, which is actually which is based on the adaptation of the of the um it's an adaptation of the book. Um it's the Sisterhood of Dune or the Dune Sisterhood. There they are, which by the way, they are having a spinoff of, of it on, on HBO Max. It's gonna be, I think I believe they're making it a TV series. Um and basically the sisterhood, um, they, they wanted, um, Lady Jessica to, um, bear a daughter, but when she found out that, you know, it's, um, that she could possibly, you know, bear, um, you know, a boy, you know, she kind of, she, in a way betrayed like the sisterhood's beliefs and they have their own agenda. They don't really go too far in depth about it. Um, they really just kind of say like, here's the sisterhood, you know, they, they're, they're a whole they're a whole like kind of i don't want to say a cult i don't think that's the best way to describe them it's like i said they didn't like jason said like we didn't they didn't really focus on the um the story of doing too much they there are so many characters in this movie and if you don't pay attention you're not you're probably not gonna understand it so but yeah lady jessica basically is teaching paul how to harness the power of the voice and what it means to use it, especially with all these visions that he's that he has, and you know, and only a, only a select few people, um, only a select few people actually know about Paul about these dreams that that um Paul is ha Paul has because Paul has these visions about Zendaya's character on you know on Arrakis, you know Arrakis, and how um you know, well without I don't want to spoil spoil too much, but um basically you saw it in the trailer like he keeps dreaming about you know zendaya on you know on arrakis and how um in a possible war in a possible war that could pop that could that could show up but you'll you'll see you'll find out later down down the line when you see the movie but and then you, if you came to this movie for zendaya look just watch the trailer <laughs> just watch the trailer like that's all I'm gonna say. just watch the trailer because that's about as much as you're gonna give him zendaya now, also the the action set pieces they were pretty nice. That was another. The production design itself was a one. I mean, yeah. that was that's a qual that is some quality production design. I mean, you already know we already know that this movie is gonna is gonna at least be nominated for multiple Oscars. <laughs> I mean, it's even though this it, it didn't even tell the complete story. And yeah, it's just so well made, like from from a vi visual spectacle perspective. I mean, the practical effects, the visual effects. I mean, it just looked, it just looked, it was amazing. Yeah, man, like it's a it's a really beautiful it's a beautiful movie, but I just hope I just hope that this movie makes the money because they, they are so confident that they'll get a part two. <laughs> it's doing well, actually. I mean. We can check. Um, let's look. Let's take a look at the numbers because I believe it won. Um, I think it garnered about like two hundred million over the weekend, including um, HBO Max. But they're saying that they really, that they really, Warner Brothers really cares about the um, the numbers of HBO Max, about the box office and all the streams. Like right now, it has a forty million dollars dollar domestic opening, and apparently, it's the best um, for Warner, for HBO Max. Um, 
like for the year, I believe. Yeah, like right uh right now. Hold on, let me see what, what it's saying right now. Oh wow, okay. It said I don't need to. So as of right now, Dune has 40 million, I think domestic. Right. D- domestic for its for its um for its uh its weekend box office. But I'm trying to think. I think it's yeah, I think you it's right. It's now at 220 million point seven million. So so I hope that the streaming numbers are good because I do feel like for not hardcore hardcore moviegoers, but for casual viewers, this is perfect for you on HBO Max. So hopefully if enough people watch it on HBO Max, because, you know, people like free shit and it's on HBO Max without no upcharge, mm-hmm. they can... They can keep pushing them streaming them streaming numbers up so they can get a part two because I really want to see a part two. Right. Like the way that they ended it was abrupt, but it had me interested. I wouldn't say excited yet, but it had me interested to see what they'll do with the part two because there's a lot of plot threads, especially um, revolving around Lady Jessica and Paul that I hope that they that they sum up. They probably might sum that up in the um in the Sisterhood of Dunes um spinoff where it actually focuses on their culture. I haven't read I haven't read the um the Dune books. I have not read them. <laughs> but but I believe that's the re- maybe I, I believe that's the reason why they they had they they had to do a spinoff of on the Sisterhood of Dune because you know, obviously for money reasons, you know, dump trucks full of money, <laughs> yeah. but, but also this world of Dune is just so huge. I mean, this movie, the world building in this movie is so, is so great. They throw out a bunch of, um, you get, they get, they show you all these houses and all the, the different, all these armies and all this, and the, all these, these different cultures. I mean, they just, the movie just didn't have enough room for the, for the, um, the Dune sisterhood, even though the, in the, cause the movie was already pretty long. So you can imagine you know, you know, the way they ended it abruptly and for them to Warner Brothers is so confident that they're going to do a part two that they're basically basically they're going to use part two to just really kickstart the main story, because the first one was just was really just a setup for the whole story. So they'll be like, OK, here's every here. All, here's the um the Freeman here. Here's the um Sadar the Sadarker. What is it? Sadak Army. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sadak. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Then you got the house of Atreides. Then you got the house of Harkonnen. Harkonnen are basically the, they're the like real bad guys with, with Dave Batista and Stellar Skarsgård, who, who we need to talk about. He was great in this movie. Yeah. Like, so the, so, and, but I did like Stellar Skarsgård, but again, this movie did not flesh out the villains at all. The villains were so damn cookie cutter like you might as well be playing honeycomb from squid games with these villains because <laughs> these villains are just so generic and basic but i but like robbie said it's building on the world but Stellan scars guard he he did do 
great with the material he was given. Even though it wasn't much, you felt you felt how threatening that he is to the House of Atreides because uh, just of just his attitude and what he's able to do. I will say this though: there are some parts it the, it looks funny with some of the effects that they do. It looks funny, but this. <laughs> But the CGI, well, not CGI, but the but the prosthetics and makeup on him, they were really good. Like they, yeah. like they were really, really good. That's the thing about this movie. Even though the story does lack, lack at times, it makes up for it with the with the pro with just basically like the whole, like the whole art, artism behind it. It just yeah. looks really good. Like every every i feel like there's so many shots in this movie that you could put as a poster or a wallpaper like it just is really beautiful it's really beautiful mm-hmm. I, I like the colors that they use to go with the sand and yes. and just like the whole and just like where they're at it at the time and i do i do like how i do like how they explain how the Freemans are. I'm really more interested about the Freemans than right. the, the House of Atreides and the Harkonnens because the way how they are so obsessed and how they basically worship the spice, I find that interesting because I want to see what they can what they can do with it and what they can do with them. Because mm-hmm. they, they have they gave us some interesting background on them. Now and what I also love to talk about, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite um, props in the movie, I really love those dragonfly, that dragonfly um, aircraft that they had. Oh, yeah, that was dope. Yeah, I mean, it just looks, it looks incredible. I mean, the wings, they had those like blade wings, wings. Um, I, I was wondering, I'm like, what kind of aircraft is this? But when I saw the wings, I'm like, oh, cool. So it's like a dragonfly. And like the, just the motion of it, it's like, it's, um. I mean, the animated graphics were just were just were just um, amazing. I really like. I really, I just thought it was really cool. I love the. I thought the um, the the costume design was perfect. Was perfect. The force I mean, field was cool. I do like the effect of the force field. Oh, that, with the soundproof. Yeah, like yeah, like that. That was pretty cool. Like I feel like this movie is better than the 1984 movie well for one the this writer is actually competent but but. i didn't see the original and the original although there's been some there have been some uh um there i know that there have been some reports out there that for the original they didn't even release the full movie they kind what they did was they they tried to tell the whole story in one movie yeah and 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 do no look Dune is basically a damn Bible. I will tell you that right now. It's a Bible. That's how thick it is. Probably thicker than the Bible. But this, there they was have multiple books. They yeah. have like six books or something. No, but I'm saying no. The story of Dune itself. I'm just talking about the story of Dune itself. It is probably it is Bibles. It is Bibles. That's how big this story is. And the another reason why the 1984 movie probably failed is because. There's a lot of things that they they try to put in the movie, it that they, they were just not ready for technology wise, like like 
this movie excels from the technology that we have today because it can really because you can fully realize the world of dune and that's why i love the movie i i really enjoyed myself but now to my cons <sighs> look what's his name uh dennis villanueva mm-hmm. great great director great director but whoever wrote this script I want to slap you because that third act, you know, damn well, that third act should not have been that long. It's based, it's like when I basically, I was like, okay, cool. They got to a certain point. They're like, okay, I'm going to get up and go. It like the movie grabbed me by my neck and said, sit your ass down. I still got 20 more minutes to to show you, but I don't want to. It told me to sit my ass down. That third act could have been trimmed down so much because they just added a lot of unnecessary things to that third act. Yeah, like the part when um, when Paul and Lady Jessica were in that tent. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean that wasn't really a spoiler. I mean, no one can get in context from it. Yeah, but there's a part. There's a part when the when two people are talking. Two people are talking for five minutes, five minutes, five to ten minutes of just talking. That had nothing to do with the plot. We, we could have went without that. My ass started hurting at that point. I was ready to leave because I thought we were, we were close to the end. So, to, yeah, that third act I have a problem with. The story is bare bones. It's, it's, bas- like, it's basically a prologue to the actual Dune movie, if that makes sense. Like, this is like doing the prologue, but it's still important. If that makes sense, I, I know, I know. but I know that, what you mean. Well, I understand what you mean, but... <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like, the story is there, but it's taking a backseat to the world building. So it might be a problem for some of y'all, but I feel like if you really love world building and movies, you will enjoy this. And the villains... The villains, like I said, they are cookie cutter. They are really bland because I think that's where the movie, where the where the downfall of the movie is for me, is just the like how the characters in the story take a back seat to the world building. Right. So I feel like that's going to throw some people off, but I do feel like it is worth sticking it out because. This is a very detailed world, and I'm impressed with how much of the world they gave us in this one movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. What about you, man? Yeah, it, it, it goes on for a little long. Um, literally, like when I when I was watching the movie on HBO Max, like the other night, um, I, like I watched about two hours and 20 minutes of it. In the last 20 minutes, I kind of I admittedly dozed off on it because i'm like wait i thought that wait is this movie about to end right now and then i just thought like the what the scene where it ended on i do kind i didn't mind that part but there were just it just it did feel i just feel like um that that dennis Villanueva was trying to be very detailed on like every single aspect of of the story like, cause they were trying to, um, like, 
like Dave Batista himself, he's really not in this movie really all that much. But yet it just seems like I feel like there's probably saving him for the next movie, especially, you know, without spoiling anything. Like there's a particular scene where it just kind of sets him up for the next one. Yeah. And, yeah. And it just it just left me with with uh, so many questions. I had to literally go back and um, and watch like a few scenes just to understand it a little better. Um, like, cause the characters that they introduce in the beginning, some of them, they just, I understand like their motivations, but I don't know. They just seemed unnecessary. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, hard to talk about it without spoiling anything. Well, some of the characters, they legit set them up to die. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's just some characters you know they're going to die because of the lack of character that they give them yeah so but yeah i don't know how you feel about this robbie but like me personally i still love i still love this movie for me i would give it an eight out of five popcorn buckets i would give it higher i wanted to eight give it five Eight, like no, eight point five out of ten. Oh, you said eight out of five. My bad, my bad. Eight point five, eight point five out, eight point five buckets out of ten. Popcorn buckets out of ten, because I'm like I want to give this a nine so bad. But it's just it's so well put together. It's a it's a very well made film. It just doesn't focus on the plot that much. They have they still have some good parts of the story. I do like the spice as a plot device, and what it means to really the whole the whole universe I yeah, mean, like, yeah, yeah that's cool like i love how beautiful this movie is i love the actors in like oscar isaacs is one he is one of my favorite actors right now in hollywood mm-hmm. and, and um jason momoa he's i just see him as aquaman he's just charismatic in anything that he does though so it was nice seeing him josh brolin he is he's all right He's he he works with what he got. They didn't give him much. They didn't give him much, but he worked with what they they really didn't. I mean, because sometimes like there's like one portion of the movie where like I forgot he was in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, like in the like in the first like in the he's in the first he plays a big role. Well, I shouldn't say a big role, but you see him a little more in the first act. But like sometimes he just kind of disappears at one point, and you're like, where did he go? I think yeah. he's I I think he I think they were saying look uh we don't got that much this time around to go around for everybody to pay you so uh just come back in next movie just come back next movie three years <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah um go ahead I'll let you finish yeah but like overall for me it's an 8.5 out of out of 10 popcorn buckets I want to give it a nine because it's just so beautifully shot I love the lore. I love the lore um, for this story, and mm-hmm. some of the and some of the characters like Jason Momoa, they were yeah, really and Oscar Isaac's were really entertaining for me. But the only thing is, it just that third act dragged on longer than it needed to be, and like the story was the story took a backseat, and the villains they were just they were just mad, and it's. It's sad because I love Stellan Skarsgård and I love Batista. So hopefully they get more shine in the second movie with mm-hmm. judging by this 220 million budget, uh, $220 million box office. 
it should have a part two. So what do you think, man? What's your what's your final judgment on this movie? Yeah, so with all it has I do enjoy the visual effects. I do like the world that they've built that bleh, I can't talk that they put together. The production design, I think, is A1. I believe this should win Oscar an Oscar for best production design. Oh, most I, definitely. I, yeah, most I loved definitely. it. I loved it. Um I do like the um I do like the props that they had. I do like the way the um um I do like the um the weapons that they that they use especially um there's one particular weapon that i thought was a machine gun but it just looked like some kind of cool blaster that was put together the way it was like folded you know what i'm talking about yeah and i was like okay that's pretty cool um i just like the um like kind of the religious beliefs of the freemen i do um the sisterhood of dune is interest is is interesting i like them but they just don't they didn't have time to focus on them which is why they have a spinoff um, which actually was really smart. That was actually a really good marketing ploy by um, Warner Brothers. I thought that was that was brilliant. Um, I thought the acting was very good. I love. I actually thought the acting across the board was 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 um, was fantastic. Um, I think my favorite line in the movie was when Oscar Isaac says um, "smile" and Josh Brolin says "I am smiling." Yeah, like yeah. That's so, just a, such a that's such my fault, Robbie. But it's just such a shame that the story took it back. See, because a lot of these characters had good chemistry together. Yeah, they did. And the only thing is, like you said, we both can agree on the, the, the third act does drag on, I think uh, drag on a little bit too long. Um, and I do, I do like the way, like where it ended. I do, mm-hmm. but just, there was just some parts in it where I was like, yeah, you really didn't need this. I mean, the last like 20 minutes alone, Jay, I would say, 20 to 30, 20 to 25 minutes, you probably could have just started the you could just start part two from from that area. Yeah, you really yeah. could. But um, right. but yeah, it's um, but it's very well put together. I'm not gonna judge them too harshly on the on the on the script, like on the story, just because it is a lot. Like, like I said, you really gotta pay attention to this movie. Otherwise, you're not gonna understand what's going on. But th- it's just so huge. I mean, just like from the characters, like the cult, like the the culture and all the technology that these that they use it's just that it's just way it's just so much it's it's kind of hard to tell a full story um because i know for adaptations they they rearrange some things in the script just so you know just to, to just so they could tell a complete story but you really can't do that with dune so you i mean they had to like kind of chop they had to literally chop up this whole this whole storyline together but overall i'd probably give it an 8 out of 10 all right. Yeah, I give it an eight out of ten. I enjoy it's a it's a really good movie. I would recommend it. Um, and I'm definitely gonna be watching the Sisterhood of Dune now because I need to know. I want to know a, a lot more about them. They just kind of give you gave you they just drop you like a little hint on what's uh you know on what on what you on on like who they are. So yeah, yeah. This was this was this was a great movie. So. I I recommend y'all go see it in the Sandy Theater near you. Also, mm-hmm. also, man, yeah, you weren't lying about that third act. Boy, me and Robbie were doing a, a watch party last night for Dune. Well, both me and him basically taking turns going to sleep in that third act. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, but yeah, man, great movie. I really think y'all should, y'all y'all should see it. It deserves to watch. Mm-hmm. Now on to now on to one Sandy adventure to a man to a man that has 
some Sandy adventures. Let's talk about the Uncharted trailer that dropped this past week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about this, man. I I really don't. I like I love Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. He I'm kind of getting tired of tired of seeing him because he 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 does the same thing he does every movie. With I that. felt like that he was in a commercial when I was watching this trailer. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Every time I see Mark Wahlberg in movies, especially in trailers, I just feel like it's a commercial. It doesn't feel like he's in a movie. He legit, yeah. he keeps that same Boston accent in everything he does. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the character he's playing solely, I don't think he's from Boston. So it's just so weird. <laughs> some some he needs to hire a voice coach because he has no. He does not change his voice at all. He is so stubborn with it. But this this trailer, the movie looks fun. The movie looks fun. It looks honestly, the visuals look really good too. I mean, that those that CGI looks pretty damn good. I must say, I yeah. was actually surprised by it. They actually seem to put a lot of effort into this one in terms of like it's in terms of how it was shot and everything. But my only thing is. The only thing I was afraid of with the Uncharted movie, well, for one, Nathan Fillion would have been a perfect Nathan Drake, but we never got that. And two, it just, if you play the Uncharted games, it's basically a movie in itself. So I don't know why you would make an Uncharted movie. I mean, I get that you want to, that you want to try that, you know, since all these other video game adaptations. Mm-hmm have not worked but besides detective pikachu and sonic the hedgehog that that the production company that the the company that has the rights to uncharted you know the video game company sony that has the rights to uncharted that they want to give a shot at it but i just feel like i feel like it's not needed just because of how iconic nathan drake is in the in, in entertainment like everybody everybody knows some something from uncharted Either him, either him getting his face punched in a lot, <laughs> to just to his smart, sarcastic one-liners. Which I'm, I really hope. I love Tom Holland, but it's just so I cannot see him as Nathan Drake. But they say that this is a prequel, so I, I mean, they say like it's a prequel to the games. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I can let that slide. But then. When you look in the when you look in the trailers, it's taken. This game is heavily influenced by Uncharted, by the video games Uncharted two and three. So the, as a get as a fan of the game series, for me, it confuses the hell out of me because they introduce people that he doesn't meet until later on in his adventures. But for a casual fan, they might like this because it does look fun. It looked like a fun movie. Yeah, I thought the trailer dragged on a little too long, though. I feel like they made... How long was that trailer? It felt like it was a three-minute trailer. I want yeah. to say it was two minutes. I, I, I want to say two minutes... Has, well, two minutes has some change. It probably was just, uh, it probably was just under um, three minutes. But yeah, man, I mean, it might do well. Who knows? It actually might. It may end up actually doing well at the box office. Um... But I've actually, speaking of, I'm still like playing the Uncharted games. I, I haven't, I didn't finish the first one yet. I kind of stopped it a little bit, but I enjoy it. I really had fun playing it. I played it for the first time, I want to say back in January or last year. It's been a very long time since I played it, but I'll, I'll have to get back to it. 
And it's just, you know, I like adventure. So, I mean, I am a sucker for adventure. So I like to, um, so I'm, I'm going to be optimistic about it because it doesn't look, because for some video game movies, they seem, I feel like they try too hard to make it, to give it that video game look, um, video game look to it. I understand that. Yeah. But for this one, but for this one, it actually feels like an adaptation. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's why I'm like, oh, okay, I actually really like this because um i know uh i didn't see the tomb raider movie the reboot with um um alicia vikander alicia please i if you're if you're hearing if you're here listening to this i i apologize if i get your last name name wrong but but that actually seemed more like an adaptation to me i haven't really watched it i don't know if you've seen it i saw the movie and for me it was okay to me just because they wanted to basically have us forget about the Angelina Jolie ones. <laughs> oh man. But I liked it, but it suffered from trying to be trying to appeal to too much of the fan service. Yeah, you see, that's that's why I'm more optimistic about Uncharted because Uncharted, it does like I said, it's it actually feels like its own thing while also just giving some fan giving some fan service like when he's hanging out of the plane with the with all the boxes yeah i mean but which, which that was from uncharted i think too by the way so that's why i said it's kind of weird it's kind of weird for them to mold the video game like two and three into this movie because they're making it seem like this is a prequel to the video games now what i think they should have did this is just my opinion if you're going to use Tom Holland, if you're going to use Tom Holland, don't do an origin story with Nathan Drake. I would have just probably did. It probably could have worked to me. I feel like it can work as a TV series more than a movie. I agree. It, Some things just work better as a, as a TV series because you can scope out, you know, the the whole the, the whole setting of um setting of Uncharted. Because I mean, you don't have to. But I guess like it just seems. It's like more, I guess, putting things in the theater and, you know, people want to be comfortable and just be in the dark room with the bigger screen and everything. But, you know, but I would agree. Um, I don't know if Tom Holland would want that. No, that's exactly why this is a movie, because they wanted to get Tom Holland babyface self in the movie. <laughs> and, and people and th- these execs know that people love Tom Holland and that Mark Wahlberg is, I, I guess, still credible. I guess. I, I'm, yeah, he looks nothing like Sully. He I, looks nothing like Sully. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not as familiar with the games, but I've played the first <laughs> game long enough that Mark Wahlberg looks nothing like Sully at all. They didn't even attempt to give him give him great hair. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how old do they think – how young – how old do they think Nathan Drake is? I about to say, because if this is a prequel, <laughs> now – I think he met so he had to meet so it's been a while since I played these games. He met Sully when he was when he was a, a young man, I think. He might have met him when he was a boy. I gotta go back and play it. But still, I think even then Sully still looked old. So it's wow. like so it's like they just they could have did better with the cash and the Sully. Tom Holland, I'm okay with because some some shots I'm like uh, like when he's wearing the like the classic. I like the classic um, gun holster and the uh... yeah and the gun holsters. He kind of looks like him, not a lot, 
but it like you know what okay i can somewhat see it as a as a young nathan drake i'm i'm still mad that y'all didn't use nathan fillion when he was young but i'm gonna <laughs> let that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let it go i'm gonna, I'm gonna just let it go now <laughs> so yeah i think this comes out next year i think it comes out next year uh, i believe so i think they had to like push it back for everything something. everything getting delayed again because why vaccinations but we ain't gonna talk about that right now it comes out february uncharted comes out in theaters february 18th yeah they are really stuffing up the january and february slots with these movies nowadays yeah and interesting ruben uh fleischer he was the director for the first venom movie okay so i'm, I'm gonna just let y'all know right now if y'all did not like venom if y'all didn't like the first Venom, you might not like this movie because a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people did not like what he did with Venom. But I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about yeah. this because I have a love for Uncharted, but I'm not too anal about every little detail you do with Uncharted. So yeah, that's that. That comes out next year or early next year. So from one trailer, so from one piece of content that I think. I have optimism for to one that I'm slowly losing optimism for. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Uh, the Cowboy Bebop Lost Sessions. I'm not going to call. I can't call this a trailer, Jay. It doesn't. It's not a trailer. It's called The Lost Session. Um, I think- and if you've seen if y'all have seen Cowboy Bebop, which um, if you haven't, then you've been living under a rock. Cowboy Bebop is arguably the greatest anime of all time. Um they what they do what they do is like for each for each episode for each episode in the old school back in the 80s and 90s for anime they would they would go to like this title this title screen like a screen this title screen it will say like episode one two one uh this and that episode two this and that but for cowboy bebop this says it says sessions like session one two three four so on and so forth this presentation is called the lost session so what this this seems more like a presentation than a trailer I, yeah, I think it's showing. Yeah. I, my my ball cut you off, but I think it's no, showing. No. I think it's showing the like the type of tone is going to take on. I think that's what they put it out for, just to, I guess, to ease the minds of some people. Like I said, for some people, some people it just pushed them further away. Mm-hmm. I will say this: it was kind of cool with the whole split screen thing, but they better only use that once an episode. They better not overdo that that split screen like a comic yeah. thing because that 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 can't get old quick. Cause I was gonna be like, all right, god damn, how many times y'all gonna how many times y'all gonna push aside these panels? But I'm I i do not think they're gonna do I really don't think they're gonna do it uh um like in every episode because because the thing is like you saw like the if you look at the end of it where it actually looks like a regular like dialogue scene where they're cutting back and forth you know i don't i don't i can't i i can't there's no way that it's going to be like this i can't handle i maybe i can handle this for one episode but i can't handle it for just 10 episodes on netflix yeah but what i will say is Look, I feel like the, they got the quirkiness between the three bounty hunters correct because that's kind of how that's really the 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 nature of their relationship they oh, always, yeah. yeah they always bust each other's balls you know you know uh i think john i think i think they all look they all look pretty solid as um spike jet and and fay <laughs> respectively 
even just, though the, the costumes yeah they, they could have adapted it a little better to make it actually feel like an adaptation which goes back to my last point with uncharted where i thought you know the reason why i'm opt- more optimistic about uncharted was because the movie actually feels like an adaptation and not just some you know not just some they're not just throwing the video game look with it look with it like they did with hitman yeah i just i'm sorry john john cho he looks all right in his costume but it all looked like they're they going to comic con like they could have <laughs> did a, a little bit better with the costumes <laughs> it, they did and the, I, it's it, what interest what's interesting about it though about faye is that i know in the anime they gave her like some short shorts and like some weird pink pantyhose or and they, they gave her this like very visual like open look but they actually dressed her up in this one <laughs> they actually gave her some more clothes well that well we already know in today's climate that's not gonna fly that's yeah. not that's not gonna fly in america if you put that out nowadays but i want to say i i want to give this optimism so much like the lost session it was cool but i just these problems that I saw in the in the um in the op- in the opening sequence that they released earlier this month, it still has me worried. Is because it's one thing, it's one thing to to adapt to anime, but to do Cowboy Bebop, which is one of the most iconic animes of all time, you kind of backing yourself into a corner that you didn't mm-hmm. need to. Yeah, like. I'm pretty sure I will say this. I think this will be this will come out all right. Will it be? Will it be? Oh my God, the greatest thing we ever seen. No, 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 it, it won't. But I do think Netflix is somewhat competent. I'm not gonna get forgiven for Mob Psycho 100 live action, but I think that they can the last adapt the the last few adaptations besides death note we don't talk about that i haven't even watched it so. but but bleach and full metal alchemist they were serviceable they were all right i could sit through it without griping the whole time did you watch the adaptation for Roroni kenshin i didn't I, watch it look it's been sitting in my queue for like the past few weeks because I, I mean it looks it actually looks pretty it actually looks pretty good the clips that i saw it didn't um, actually it actually looked like an adaptation and not just some you know ripoff. Yeah, like I'm we 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 gonna review it, Rob. You already know we're gonna review it. Yeah, I need to I need to watch it myself, but but yeah, like, man, this um but yeah, y'all this comes out was it November 12th or 19th? November 19th. Um I did think that was I did think like the um the editing was kind of funny. When Jet said, "That's not the bounty," I got him. Oh, that's not the bounty either. <laughs> yeah, like it. It looks fun. It looks really fun, and I do like the chemistry. At least they showed us how the chemistry is going to be between them. Now I hope they didn't lie about how it's going to be in the show. But I do like the dynamic between those three. So we'll we'll give it a chance. We'll give it a shot. I mean, yeah. Robbie, we're probably going to come back in, in in November when this drops and do a review on it anyway. Yeah, I mean, we um and and look, if if the live action, if you're if if you don't love the, they're not going to love the live action, you know, in November next month. The original's it, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally just came out on Netflix some um, a few days ago. 
So definitely, if you're not familiar with um, the Cowboy Bebop live action, watch the anime first. Watch the anime first, and you will love it. And I, and if you want to watch like the the opening credits of each before each episode, I won't blame you. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I just hope they touched up that or that opening to the live action one better because that looked even. That's what really that was worse than what they gave us um in this lost session that was far worse it looked janky it just did not look right i know yeah i know what you mean but i guess like like (laughs) they could have done like the james bond thing they could have animated it a a lot better yeah but But, yeah yeah y'all november 19th next month we will probably be there to review this (laughs) so now robbie Mm -hmm. Remember from Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, the end credit scene when they oh. w- when they talked about when um I forgot the name of them gold people, but I don't know they are either. I haven't watched Guardians two since it came out of theaters. <laughs> but remember that that golden box that they had. Yeah. Well, we find well just like how what's the name was asking what's in the box at the end of seven. We were asking what was in the box at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Come to find out. Will Poulter was in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, y'all. Will Poulter. Will so, Poulter. Oh, let's back up a little bit so we can we can tell people like explain people what they're talking about in Guardians of the Galaxy two. So okay, um, yeah. I'm yeah a- so, ba- so basically, in the end credits of so there was there was Guardians of the Galaxy volume two has like five weird random post credit scenes one of them is actually serious where um the gold people who who um who the guardians of the galaxy kind of ripped off at the beginning of the movie they um you see they um they, they wanted to they created they wanted to create the next stage of their of their evolution and so they have this golden box that the that they see and the leader is looking at it and then her assistant her assistant like her, her right hand or whoever she was she walks up and says what is that Oh, the next stage of our evolution. She's like, he's like, really? I think I'll call it Adam. And what she's referring to, it's a, a foreshadowing of Adam Warlock, who's who's one of the greatest, who's one of the most powerful characters in Marvel Comics. I'm not as well well versed in it. You know, Jason would know a little better. Um, would know a little better. I'm not as well versed in Marvel as I am with DC. But well, so tell us about Adam Warlock. So basically, what Adam Warlock is. He is ba- he is basically now don't don't get mad at me for Adam Warlock fans, but from what I from what I what I've deduced from it, like reading up on him, he's a perfect being that was that that like he got ungodly power. I think from the high evolutionary or the celestials, I forgot what it was, but he's one of those powerful cosmic beings in the Marvel universe, and he was and. And in the comics, he was the one that got everybody together to fight Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet story story arc. So he is a really powerful character. But at first, when I heard that Will Poulter was like, are you talking about the dude from that Miller's movie? From all, yeah, we have Miller's from and then all them other comedies. But then when I saw him, I like, you know what? That's a pretty ass man. That's a pretty ass man. He is yeah, very, he is a, really good in Maze Runner. Yeah, he I forgot he was in Maze Runner. Yeah, he was yeah, he was fantastic in Maze Runner. 
I haven't watched Detroit, but I've heard nothing but his but man. Great about. I saw I saw that movie. I hated him. The only reason I hated him because he did so good of to have me hate him. But yeah, man, Will Poulter, he like he's been doing it right because he's slowly been leveling up. He's been leveling up in the shadows mm-hmm. because he slowly he slowly started gaining that 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 rise. Then improving his acting because the first movie i saw him in was we're the millers so i was like man this man this man goofy but but he's funny he's really entertaining he's one of the few things i like about that movie mm-hmm. and then the maze runner he was great in that first movie like like yeah he, he he was great in that first movie and then detroit like i said he was phenomenal he made me hate him but yeah man at first i was like but he looks scrawny Till he released a photo of himself, and man, that motherfucker is handsome. <laughs> that 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 is a pretty white man right there. All right, <laughs> like a oh lot. God, I'm so dying. A lot of people have been putting like photoshopping his face on the Adam Warlock, and damn, he actually looks like Adam Warlock. I'm talking about. This man, like he evolved, like it, 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 like he sat in a pokeball and evolved, cause he looks completely <laughs> different than what he looks like in We're the Millers. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but this got me really excited because Adam Warlock. I did read the infin- like the the original Infinity Saga from the comics. He plays a really like an intricate part. And he's really cool and he is really powerful. So it's good to finally see them. It's good to finally see Marvel bringing out some of their big hitters now. Because fate, because the, throughout the Infinity Saga, we ain't seen many big hitters. But in this saga, but in, in, in this upcoming timeline, I think we're going to see a lot of big hitters. And I love that because I love Cosmic Marvel. Cosmic Marvel is so damn cool and it's dope and I cannot wait. And if y'all thought Thanos was bad, just wait till you see Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I'm really excited for this time in Marvel. And yes, yes, before y'all say it, I, yes, I am a Marvel bitch, okay? I love these movies and TV shows. I will watch anything that they put out, except for Thor, The Dark World, and the first Thor. I'm not watching those ever again. Not if you put a gun to my head. But yeah, man. I'm it's good to see that Will Poulter is getting that Marvel money. <laughs> yeah, I mean they got ev- I mean they got um they got everyone going to uh, going to Marvel now. I mean Eternals is coming out soon. That's in fact I think that comes out next week, doesn't it? Yeah. Come no, 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 it don't come out. Well, if you count no, week some- after. Yeah, the well week you, after. I know it comes you, out in November. Yeah, it comes out the first week of November. But yeah, man, shit, maybe we should try to get some of this Marvel money. Why not? <laughs> Who am I kidding? They're gonna kill our black ass in, in the first in the first five minutes. Unless, unless, it's black, unless it's like Black Panther or maybe uh a Blue Marvel, another powerful character, which they definitely need to adapt to the big screen. Please, Kevin Feige, if you're if you're hearing this, please do it. Like Blue Marvel is a badass. Please put Blue Marvel on the big screen. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so yeah, man. But I'm I'm really liking how Guardians. Guardians Volume 3 is turning out. So, yeah, we'll stick around. We'll give you guys more info about that. Now, we hate to do this. 
we really do hate to do this, but we've been having fun. But it's time to get a little serious. It, it's time to get a little serious. Mm-hmm. If if y'all haven't heard earlier this week, um, let me let me pull up her name so I can get it right. A, tra- a tragedy happened on set of the upcoming Alec Baldwin movie Rust. So if y'all haven't heard on the set, there was a scene with the with the prop gun. And usually in these usually in these guns, they they don't have live rounds. They have which what we call blanks. They have the blanks in the guns, but some dumbass, some dumbass who who, who, were, who will remain nameless. Yeah. Let's who, like, yeah. He'll, re- he'll remain nameless, but he is what they call a prop map. It's prop master, right? Yes, uh, prop master. It's a prop master Hollywood. So basically, he's supposed to make sure that everything w- regarding the props is safe. It's safe for use. And there aren't live fucking rounds in the gun, which there was. And somebody's life was lost because of, because of this negligence of safety. And let me see what this person's name is. Ah man, I because I want to because I want to get I want to get her name right. Also, on top of that, the first AD, um, the first AD is definitely um, he's actually the one, the one once again, he will remain nameless. Um, he's actually he's had a lot of complaints in the past about about um, safety on set. So the fact so how he got another job you know, working without a big star, like a, like Alec Baldwin. Um, I, I, I don't know, but the fact that there were some complaints about him and he still got a job that really, that's just, that's just, that's just astonishing to me, you know, because you see, as a filmmaker myself, I went to the Georgia film Academy. So y'all know that this, this incident is very personal to me. Um, by the way, her name is, Helena Hutchins. I oh. just looked it up. She yeah, was Helena Hutchins. And which, by the way, um, you know, if uh, um, I want to express my condolences to you know her family and her and for her friends and everyone you know who's who's known her for a while. I mean, she seemed like a really good woman. She was a family woman. Um, you know, Alec Baldwin. I can't imagine how he feels because he's he may not he honestly may not recover from this, and he's gonna have to. Make, make amends it's not it's not it is not his fault you know it is the prop master and the first ad's fault because it is their job to make sure it's safe and the reason why it's so personal for me when i was at the georgia film academy um when i was learning to be a production assistant a couple of years ago they take these classes which i recommend you take um we'll, more on that a little later um and one of the first rules is is definitely safety obviously in every project every single movie project or tv show and I did this in one of my internships last year on Dwight and Shining Armor. Um, what you do, you have safety meetings. And what you do for safety meetings, the first AD, they all, you, and the cast and crew, they all get together and they talk about, okay, we, we, let's make sure that everything is safe. Make sure that if like, especially like right now, say like with COVID, for example, right? Say, right, make sure that y'all get tested, you know, make sure y'all wear a mask. You know, those and, you know, prop masters, make sure that there's no real guns in there. Make sure that they're all blanks. Make sure that there aren't real guns. If you're going to use replica guns, make sure 
if you're gonna use you make if you, you want to use replica guns you know great make sure that every that there's no gunpowder powder or residue you know that's what a safety meeting is supposed to be but this first ad who will who will remain nameless once again um you see he has has a bad reputation of not having safety meetings so the fact that he still ended up getting a job and nobody really knew about his past is a huge problem so that's why whenever i'm shooting whenever i'm shooting whenever i'm working on a film working on a project just like the um, my feature film by any means that i did it last month you see i said look if you're look if we're going to use some guns in this movie you make sure that the bullets are out of the chamber i don't care i need to see it make sure that that the safe if the safety's on and you really shouldn't even be using real guns on set in the first place which is why you have which is why we have editing software we have cgi and visual effects now i know everyone wants to be as realistic as possible i get it but make sure but you you really got to be safe man i mean this woman just lost her life because a first date because the first assistant director thought it was the um thought it was just okay to use to use live rounds and now he and i hope i'm not going to be the person to drag his name through the mud because i'm not that kind of guy i'm not gonna I'm not going to just blur out someone's name. That's very unprofessional. That would be unprofessional of, um, of me. But anyone who has worked with him, like, please make, please make sure, sh please do a background check on him. This is what you need to do. You need to do a background track on background check on everyone before you start working with that person. And because of that, it's really that's why it means a lot to me. And also, I'm a cinematographer. And the fact that they were they had a scene with the actor. Can you imagine if Alec Baldwin shot an actor with that thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, so it's you know it's just it's just inexcus it's just very inexcusable. And now Baldwin is gonna have to. Um, I just found I just saw like recently. I want to say earlier today or yesterday. I mean, he was having dinner with um with Elena's um Elena's husband and, and her and her family. You know, it, it's. It, it's just a horrible tragedy. We just, we, I know we've had fun in this episode, but we just thought that we really needed to talk about this address, Helena and her family. And we express our condolences. And um, I pray that um, you guys get the healing and closure that you need. So, but yeah, y'all just, it's really sad and tragic. What happened to Helena Hutchins? She survived through her family and her husband, Matthew Hutchins and their and their one child so r.i.p to helena hutchins hope you're resting easy now man that who that was heavy <laughs> yeah but, yeah it really was but i mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't be appropriate if we didn't have an episode to you know talk about it so yeah um, but but yeah man we uh think that's uh think that's about it Yo, we had, we we ran for some good time today. Yep. Talk, talked about Dune, talked about trailer that we see promise and a trailer that kind of has. <laughs> I, I have no hope. I'm just gonna put you. I have no hope. I'm gonna give. We are gonna give it a chance though. We, I mean, we will try. Robert, I kind of have to give this a chance for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have yeah. to give this a chance. I also, we also love John Cho as well. So. Yeah, we love John Cho. If y'all don't know, one of the one of my favorite stoner movies, it will forever be Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. He was also in Star Trek. 
I did watch the Star Trek movies. <laughs> well, I did, and he's pretty good in Star Trek. <laughs> Wasn't he the um I forgot who he was supposed to be? I forgot who he was supposed to be. His name was Mr. Zulu. I think he was one of the cat, he was one of the um the pilots of the of the, of the ship. So yeah, man. But yeah, we, we had some fun today. Touch on a serious issue, but I think think today was good, man. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep doing this on Sundays, we have to think we have to think of a name for this segment. I don't know what it's gonna be, but we're gonna think about it off camera. But yeah, y'all, that was it. This is a wrap. Great episode. Had a really nice conversation with my man Robbie. Now, next week, I'm trying to put something together. I'm trying to have a special episode for halloween i might do this live on spotify green room i'm not certain yet i'm trying to work that out with the other people that i'm working with but next week i will definitely be reviewing the movie antlers which is coming out next week in theaters and i'm going to review the first three episodes to this point of the child's play and we're going to have a little friendly debate of Freddie, I mean, of Jason, Meyer, Jason Voorhees versus Michael Myers. That will be our Halloween episode. But <laughs> for now, this has been your boy, Jason Craig, a.k.a. the Friendly Neighborhood Dreadhead, my boy, Robbie Abear. And yep. if, you, if you guys have any questions, you can always put it in the Facebook group. Uh, it is facebook.com slash brang that's b-r-a-n-g b-r-a-n-g the popcorn and that is d-a then popcorn and robert where can they hit you up at man if they have any questions all right you can find me at on instagram at bobby underscore media b-o-b-b-y underscore and then media and you can find subscribe to my youtube channel ambitious films where you'll find um, promo co- promos, videos, um, TV, um, you know, series skits. Um, if you if you haven't watched um, my last movie, my first feature, my, by any means, go check it out on the by any means um, official YouTube channel, and the link is in my bio on the Instagram. Um, so we'll have more projects coming. And if you need a videographer, you know, cinematographer, you know, hit me up. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, man. This has been Jason and Robbie from the Brain of Popcorn podcast. And remember, we always come to these reviews. Robbie, what do they need to bring? Popcorn. All right, y'all. We (laughs) up out of here. All right.